Welcome to The Surpassing Worth, a podcast where we study scripture, know Christ deeper, and treasure him above all things. This is your host, Cole. Thanks for joining me. Welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Cole. We are continuing our series through 2 Corinthians. We are now in verses 14 through 16. I'm going to read the text for us. We'll pray and get into our devotion. Verse 14 through 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this passage in Scripture where Paul is speaking about the triumph that we have in Christ. But not only that, but being led by him um, as slaves to Christ, that we would make him the king of our lives, that we would make our first priority about spreading the good news, the good knowledge of Christ, the sweet aroma of knowing him. Lord, we, we also thank you that it's not in our power to save people, Lord, but, but that it's you, so that we simply spread the message and leave um, the result in your hands. So be with our time in the Word today, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the title of this episode is, Do I Smell a Christian Around Here? So pretty funny, but we're going to see some pretty uh, good connections with that throughout our text. So let's look back at this. Paul is coming off of uh, really verses 12 and 13, where he was talking about his ministry plans. He he, he was in Troas, but a door's open for him, but he didn't uh, find rest because Titus wasn't with him. So he changed plans and went on to Macedonia because the Corinthians were accusing him of being vacillating in his plans. He was saying, oh, I'm going to come here if the Lord wills, but he didn't come. And he did that with the Corinthians as well. So they were accusing him, uh, you're being weak, you're being uh, not true to God, you're not being a good apostle for us. And there were others coming into the church saying the same thing, like you shouldn't listen to Paul because he um, is changing plans. He's a weak apostle. Look at him. So this, these verses right here are really going to attack that notion. And Paul is going to give us some pretty striking imagery about really his obedience and his allegiance to Christ Jesus. So let's reread verse 14, and we're going to pull out some of that imagery that he's talking about. Paul says, Thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. So one thing that's really interesting about this verse, verse 14, is that when Paul says that Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, those two words, triumphal procession, that verb, is, he's hearkening back to what the Romans used to do when they conquered enemies and led them in the city throughout the triumphal procession. Really, they put on a show. They put on a spectacle. When the Romans conquered enemies, they would take the the kings or the whoever was there that was leading the city and really humiliate them. So they would lead them in a procession. So the Romans at the front saying, we conquered these enemies, and then they would all follow behind, defeated and in captivity. So what's very interesting here is one can almost draw from the sense that Paul is saying, look at this structure, that Christ is in the head, that Christ is leading us in triumphal procession, and that Paul, in this instance, is the one following him, the one being led in this triumphal procession. 
a lot of the times we may read this verse as saying, you know, look at me, I'm conquering, uh, you know, I'm the one that's triumphing. Um, But a lot of time Paul's ministry didn't look like that. Instead, he was a a servant. He was beaten. He was afflicted. And I think Paul is really drawing that imagery into this word here that he's saying, like the Roman conquering the enemy, I am also conquered by Christ. But it's not a bad thing. It's not that uh, I'm suffering or I'm I'm unwilling to do this. Rather, it's I, I have given my life to Christ to be a slave to Christ Jesus. I'm in captivity being led by Christ. And this is such beautiful imagery because if we miss that, if we miss the, the notion that Christ is at the head of this procession, then we miss uh, just the, the obedience that comes along with uh, making Christ our leader and our, our king. So think about this. Christ has conquered us. And this is such beautiful language that Christ has conquered our hearts and therefore he leads the procession. Where he goes, I'm going to go is what Paul is saying. And so this is Paul's defense for his ministry plans. He's saying, I'm going where where Jesus wants me to go. I'm going where the Holy Spirit is leading me. But also it says something about his obedience to Christ. And I think the application for us here is that is our lives captivated by Christ's rule? Do we allow Christ to be the triumphant king over our lives? Are we being led almost um, with him at the front and us willingly submitting to his rule in our lives? I think some practical ways we can gauge this is if, one, we are in the word, we are seeking him daily in his word, and we are obeying the word because the natural inclination of the human heart is sin, that the natural inclination is to make idols out of things. And even we can come to God's word with such pride that we start to believe that we are at the head of this triumphal procession, procession that, uh, that we start to doubt things in God's word. Rather, we can tell if we are being led by Christ in this triumphal procession with him at the head, if we are giving ourselves over to everything he says in his word. And not, that it, not to say it's going to be easy, that when we come across those hard passages in Scripture that we don't understand, we are tempted to elevate our human wisdom above God's wisdom. We must humbly accept, Lord Jesus, I am, I'm your slave. I am being led by you. Um, help me submit my mind and my heart to follow you. And then second, not only in word, but in deed. James says to not only hear the word, but to be doers of the word. We can tell if we are um, being led by Christ in this triumphal procession if we are um, obeying his word. And I think first that requires the first one is to know his word, but then second to obey his word. So just look at your life, um, every area of your life, whether it's your finances, your relationships, uh, just your leisure time, even your views about those things. Uh, Do you believe they're yours or do you believe that God has given them to you to steward them well for his kingdom and to use them for his kingdom? Do you have a kingdom focus? Um, Do you see that Christ is leading you towards a kingdom goal? He's not just leading you and you're not just following him for a good life, but he's the king. You're following him so that his kingdom may come. So how is your life uh, picturesque of his kingdom coming um, in your community and in your world? So Paul's being led by Christ in a triumphal procession. But then look at this. At the end of verse 14, he says, uh, we're being led in this procession, but through us, Christ is spreading the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. And then on into verse 15, he says, For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death, 
to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? So note the, the switch in imagery here. We, we get this picture that Paul's being led in, in a conquering captivity to Christ, willingly, of course. But then we get this second picture of Paul almost spreading this fragrance, this incense, uh, the smell of, of the knowledge of Jesus everywhere. So this continues. Often in the Roman processions, the, cap, the, um, the Romans would spread this fragrance to show, hey, we're here, we've conquered these enemies. So Paul is continuing this imagery. But he's saying, look, we know Christ. Uh, we know the, the sweet aroma of knowing him. Uh, and almost uh, he's giving um, sensory image here that you can almost smell this text coming, coming out of the Bible. That to know Christ is sweet to, and to smell uh, the goodness of knowing him. It's almost like the verse in Psalm 34 where David says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, it's just a human way of saying that to know Jesus, to know his love, to know um, his gospel is such sweet fulfillment to our souls. But look what Paul says. He says that we are spreading the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere, for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So this also points back to the Old Testament sacrificial system that the Israelites would give um, sacrifices to God, uh, aromas, and it would be uh, a sweet smell to God. And there's almost language in the Old Testament that, that says it was a sweet smell to God. So in the same sense, Paul is drawing from that imagery as well. But of course, we know in the New Testament that the time has been fulfilled, that Christ being the perfect lamb of God has given a once for all sacrifice, as Hebrews says, so that we no longer have to make propitiation and atonement for our sin. Rather, Christ is our atonement. So now Paul is kind of playing on this. He's saying that because Christ is the fulfillment of this Old Testament sacrificial system and that Christ is really the the best sacrifice, the most perfect sacrifice, that the best thing that I can do with my life then is to spread this aroma, to spread the fragrance of knowing him to everyone because he being the perfect sacrifice is the perfect aroma uh, for others to know and be reconciled to God. So this is, this is so interesting here that Paul is using this language But he also says in verse 15 that we are the aroma of Christ to God. So Paul equates himself uh, with being the aroma of God. Why? Because he has the spirit and because he has the gospel message. So Christian, if you have the spirit of God in you, which you do if you're saved, and then two, if you have the gospel message, which you do because you're saved and you understand that Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save the world, then you are the aroma of Christ to God in the sense that you can spread this fragrance of knowing him, that you can share the gospel with others, that you can uh, share the sweetness of knowing Jesus. And I don't think this just means living a good life and letting other people recognize that. I think it means verbally proclaiming the gospel. Just like Paul is saying here, I'm being led in a triumphal procession with Christ at the head. It's a visible sign of Christ um, being the ruler of my life. So in the same way, we spread the knowledge of him everywhere. Knowledge is something you share. It's something you have to transfer from one person to the other. So your life should be a life of transferring this knowledge, this aroma of knowing Jesus, not only in how you live, but how you speak. Who are you sharing the gospel with? Who are you sharing the good news of Jesus with? Who are you inviting to repent from their sin and to turn uh, to receive forgiveness from their creator in the name of Jesus Christ? How are you being the aroma of Christ to God? And in that sense, the question comes, do, do we smell Christians around here? 
do non-believers look at your life and smell a Christian? This is this comes in two ways, and this comes in verse 15 and through 16. He says that we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are first being saved, so those who are receiving Christ, and then second, among those who are perishing. So look how Paul emphasizes this here. In verse 16, he says, We are a fragrance to one from death to death, but to the other a fragrance from life to life. So Paul recognizes that to spread the gospel, to share the gospel, does not mean that every single person is going to accept the sweet aroma of Jesus. And I think we must get that under our belts and in our minds, is that to share the gospel does not mean immediate fruit and success. To live a godly life and to share the sweetness of Jesus with people is not to mean that everyone's going to like you. In fact, we must expect this dichotomy that Paul presents us, that there are those who are being saved, that God will save, that in his sovereignty he has chosen to be saved, that he will allow to receive um, the call to the gospel, and they will hear it and they will be convicted of their sin, turn for their sin, turn from their sin, and to receive the Holy Spirit and be saved. But then there will be others who will always reject this gospel message. No matter how many times it's presented to them, they will reject it. Paul recognizes this dichotomy, but it doesn't stop him from preaching the gospel because his reward is not in how many people he can get to receive the gospel message. In fact, it's not him. But his reward is in being led by Christ, by simply being a good messenger of Christ to this world. So we must see that here, that there are two camps, and the gospel divides into two camps. There are those that we will share this good news with who will reject the gospel, and to them it will be a fragrance of death. It will literally smell like poison to them. They, they will not understand um, this message of Jesus. They will think it, it is folly. They will think that they are good enough on their own, and they will reject Jesus. And it's very sad, and we can't force them to believe. We simply must preach the gospel to all and let those who God calls receive the gospel. But of course, there will be those who receive this good news of the gospel, the sweetness of knowing Jesus, and they will repent from their sins and turn to Christ. And that is the reward. That is to that is why we do it, is that God is saving some. He is saving those who will call upon the name of Jesus. So it's not up to us to know who. It's just up to us to spread this fragrance. So with your life, are you spreading this fragrance of knowing Jesus verbally, by how you live, and, and in your life? Are you spreading uh, the goodness of knowing your Savior? Or are you um, allowing life to really dictate how you live? Are you allowing the cares of this world to get in the way of being led by Christ in every area? Let's take the example of Paul here as we end and be led by Christ in the triumphal procession. He's the king over our lives. He is the king over the world. He's conquered sin and death. And if we allow him full reign in our lives, we will be led by him and be spreading this good news, this good fragrance of an aroma of knowing Jesus Christ, our Savior. And as we preach to those, as we share the gospel with all those that we come across, some may reject, but we know that God will save those um, who will hear and receive this gospel message. So uh, I challenge you, Christian, today, um, are you smelling like a Christian to those around you, whether it is being rejected or it is um, those receiving the gospel that you share, which has been given to you um, through Jesus and the apostles? <laughs>